0: What? A samurai movie where there's no superpowers or special moves where you shout out your attacks and you jump 50 feet in the air and do backflips and maybe there was some backflips, but do all this special stuff that just is not within the realm of reality, but merely fantasy? Non to. 痛み<音> Thank you for listening to the What's Awesome Podcast. Let's have some fun. Yo, this is Batman Live 2002, and today I'm back with another anime review. And today I will be reviewing Sword of the Stranger, the most realistic, most kick-butt anime or samurai movie i've seen in a long time oh my gosh this is really one of the better samurai movies out there uh, i put this on the same level as uh samurai x the ronnie Kenshin origin story uh man it is so brutal so so realistic and just gives me goosebumps all over man this was such a freaking awesome movie but um, so, like I said, this is the movie. Uh, it runs for about an hour and 43 minutes and first aired on September 29th, 2007. And the studio that produced this anime is Studio Bones and its licensors are Funimation and Bandai Entertainment. And let's talk about Studio Bones because they have a large selection of just iconic anime. Like the Studio Bones is responsible for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Full Metal Alchemist, of course. Norigami, no um, Boku no Hero Academia, Soul Eater, uh, Dark and then Black, uh, I mean Mob Psycho. Uh, these guys just have a lineup like you wouldn't believe, man. Eureka 7, you know, it's like it's, they've created some of the most iconic. It's Space Dandy, <laughs> I, I can go on. But anyway, um, these guys have created some of the most iconic anime in existence okay so there's no surprise that when they came out with sort of the of the stranger um that it would just be be just as high quality as iconic as any of the other stuff that they've put out you know in the past and it's man this is a great studio anyway Uh, So sort of this stranger revolves around is the Sengoku period of Japan. So it was a very chaotic time in Japanese history. Uh, A lot of warlords and whatnot, bandits and all that run around, killing each other, just uh, causing pandemonium. It's just a very chaotic time in Japanese history. So um, we start the movie off with a kid. His name is um, Kotaro. And he has a dog named uh, Tobimaru. And the kid is like being sacrificed for something or there's like this weird ritual thing. And, you know, it's the Chinese, the Chinese emperor. He's trying to achieve eternal life. So he's like, I have to sacrifice this boy to achieve eternal life. And, you know, the boy is able to escape and there's a temple on fire and whatnot. And then, you know, the boy gets away then the the emperor's like, send forth my most elite swordsmen to hunt down this boy. And we shall, and I shall have eternal life. So, you know, the boy escapes. It's like I said, this was over in China. So the boy escapes over to Japan. And uh, he runs across through a bunch of circumstances I don't need to get into. Just watch the movie. He runs, eventually runs across a ronin or, or or a samurai who doesn't have a master. His name is uh, Nanashi, and he is uh, like, a kick butt swordsman. Like like you wouldn't believe. And as the boy runs, when he meets Nanashi, he is attacked. Uh, by the Chinese assassins or the, the you know the Chinese uh, very powerful Chinese swordsmen that are sent to fetch him and bring him back to the emperor to be sacrificed for a ton of life. but uh, Nanashi has they're they're not aware of Nanashi's skill and when they run across this guy, and um they are spanked and there's only a couple of the chinese swordsmen there's like a master swordsman who wasn't there but basically he kills two of them two of the lesser guys so now now that she's kind of stuck with the kid and at first he's like i don't want to help you i don't really you know like just get out of my life you just cause me trouble and all that and you know the boy He's on the run with his dog Toby Ramu, and and Toby Toby Maru is poisoned. So now that she's like, okay, all right, look, you the boy gives him this little like little diamond, or he pays them like a little gem or something like that. And now that she's like, okay, look, all right, you can hire me. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. I know you're being hunted. All that crap. But I'm only going to help you until your dog, you know, is healed from the poison. And after that, you're on your own. And that's it. So, but really, you know, it's more than that. You can tell it's more than that. But he's just playing it off. He's just trying to be cool. And um, so at that point, the three set off on this very perilous journey. And, you know, they're always being attacked. And you always have to protect the kid and whatnot. And they start to bond and all that kind of stuff and um in this whole conspiracy starts the the uh layout or unravel and there's a, a prophecy that comes into play and all that and um is this is just a freaking oh man what a kick butt um uh, samurai movie this is so brutal and realistic it's just awesome but that is the synopsis guys let's get into the review <laughs> So first things first, guys, just one of the things I really want to talk about with this movie, one of the most unique aspects that, you know, truly makes it stand out on its own. Besides the action, which I'll get into in a moment, it is the very distinctive use of original language. And by that, I mean, um, you know, there were Chinese assassins sent after this kid and um or or just uh, i'm not exactly sure they're assassins but more like just very elite soldiers soldiers sent after this kid to bring it back so the emperor could sacrifice him and have eternal life and all that stuff and then so they run over from china run over to japan right well the the really really cool thing is that when these chinese soldiers were speaking with each other they were speaking in chinese which is so freaking cool but then when the japanese are speaking to each other or when they're speaking to the japanese they're speaking japanese so like you get a really cool you know this this uh this this feeling that these guys are actually from China. These guys actually crossed the border. Their culture is different. Their mannerisms are different. Of course their skill levels different. They're like the most skilled, you know, warriors in China. But it's just the fact of the matter is they were actually using the Chinese language. And they were conversing with each other. We got the subtitles and stuff. And I just thought that was so cool. I don't know if uh, some people might see that as a minor thing. But to me, that was huge. And it just makes it, it catapults it to another level of awesomeness for me. Like this movie has so many good things going for it. Uh, going for it, And that's just, that is just so awesome. This little simple thing of just having a Chinese soldier speaking Chinese to each other. And then the Japanese people talking Japanese to each other. There's even one scene where the master, you know, the master swordsman of the, uh, the Chinese bodyguards or or assassins or whatever you want to call them. Because they're all masters, but there's one, like, super master, you know, the guy who's, like, the best. He attacks uh, the um, protagonist or a.k.a. Um, uh, what's his name? I, I can't even think of his name right now. The The main um oh nanashi nanashi who's you know the the ronin who protects the uh the kid but anyway so you have the master chinese swordsman attack the master japanese swordsman and nanashi has a whole Ronin kenshin vibe going on where he doesn't want to draw a sword for various reasons or draw his blade anyway so he kind of fights with a sword instead of you know kenshin Fights with the reverse blade sword so he can't really kill anybody, he can just beat the crap out of him with the blunt side of the sword. Now that she doesn't even draw his blade, he he um uh fights it with it within the sheath uh the whole time, but anyway, so he has that whole thing going on. So there's one scene where now that she's just he's just walking, he he's minding his own business, and he passes. The Chinese master just randomly on the road with, you know, their Japanese guide and another one, the Chinese um, uh, warriors. And then the Chinese master challenges Nanashi to a duel just for no reason. He's like, I just want to have some fun. He says in Chinese, of course, which was awesome. And he jumps off his horse and this really cool, epic, um, classic samurai showdown face off Mexican standoff type thing. Which is funny to use, say Mexican standoff when one's Chinese and one's uh, Japanese. But anyway, um, they're having a standoff, and they—they're just—they have this really cool fight scene. It doesn't really take that long, and it gets interrupted, of course, because this isn't their final battle. It's just to kind of introduce, uh, kind of introduction to each other, I guess, and their skill levels and all that. But anyway, they're facing off on the road, and. There's a point where the Chinese master has Nanashi kind of like on the edge of this bridge and you know Nanashi's trying to lean forward to not fall over and then uh, the Chinese master goes, "Why don't you draw your blade?" and he says it in Chinese and Nanashi gives him this look like he doesn't understand what he's saying. Or it's it's just so cool just to have this whole cultural thing where they just can't necessarily understand each other. Um, which I'm not saying they, I I don't recall the, if he spoke, you know, Nanashi, if he could understand, uh, the Chinese master or not, but just the idea of them speaking different languages, which is absolutely just awesome. And I'll, I'll move on beyond this point, but I just thought that was cool. This propels his anime to a whole different level for me. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. But let's talk about the action. One of the more realistic, Um, And what I say, the most realistic um, samurai anime movie I've seen in a long time. And um, besides um, Samurai X, you know, Roni Kenshin's story, what I really liked about Samurai X, it was was so realistic and brutal and bloody and stuff. And, you know, um, it wasn't beyond the realm of reality like in actual Ronin Kenshin where he can jump up and he can do moves from halfway across the room and stuff and he screens out his attacks and some our exit was more realistic and brutal and it could be based in reality and that's how sword of the stranger was there was no 50 foot drop kicks and stuff and no super special finishing moves like ah, Goku." <laughs> you know yeah you know I mean that stuff is cool but it, just you can really appreciate after having a thousand anime like that, like Naruto or something where everyone's screaming out their attacks. Uh It's just cool to just finally have an anime that's just based in reality. And in saying that it was based in reality, more on that point, is, you know, when people get cut, they bleed and they slow down and they experience fatigue. And, and, you know, when characters are poisoned, they're actually poisoned. They actually suffer. And, you know, and like Nana who is, you know, one of the most skilled fighters, if not the most skilled fighter in this whole movie, you know, he was not invincible. He struggled a lot. And like, realistically, I don't care how skilled you are, when you fight relentlessly, opponent after opponent after opponent, you start to slow down. Like And, and even if you're fighting a lesser opponent, it doesn't mean they can't cut you. You know, so it's it's just so based in reality. And I and I love that, man. And like he, he gets cut, he struggles a lot and stuff and not to, you know, downplay his own skill. It's just that he's fighting a lot of really skilled fighters. So why would he be invincible against that? Um And, and I just thought the, just the realism of it all is just so freaking cool oh man it, it's just I, I just appreciate an anime that is just grounded in reality from time to time I, I enjoy all the other stuff ridiculous attacks and jumping down 50 feet in the air and all that you know i i think back to bleach when bleach was kind of having the the samurai vibe for a while and um and when like ichigo's invading the soul society so you're getting the whole samurai thing and you know like that that was cool i enjoyed it but I find I don't necessarily have a preference for more realism, but I really do appreciate it because I don't get enough of it. So, in that respect, I really love the actions. Just, just. And it's just brutal, man. Like chopping off arms, you know. People getting sores in the throat and they're gurgling blood on the ground and just suffering. And you know, it sounds terrible, but it's realistic. And that's just, I would imagine, in real life, if somebody gets stabbed in the throat, that's how they would die. You know, like, and it's just, it's just brutal. Um, and it, you know, there's I enjoy the plot, the storyline of it, and the drama that builds up the suspense and whatnot, and. And uh, one of the things I enjoyed was the, um, the the relationship between Kotaro, you know, the boy who's who escaped uh, Kotaro and Nanashi, of course, Aronin who's so powerful or at least uh, so skilled, and um, and they had a funny and kind of toxic relationship at first um, because you know the boy he, he just. He's like, I hired you. You got to do what I say. You know, I paid you this diamond ring thing. And he gave him like some form of currency. And he's like, now she's like, okay, I'll take it. I'll I'll be your bodyguard. Okay. You know, and that's how he talks to him. Like he's talking to a child, which he was. And it was kind of condescending and funny. So the boy would tell him to do something. He's like, go get wood. Go do this go do that. And then now she'd be like, "Okay, I'll do it. Okay." And he would do it. But it was uh <laughs> you know, he's being a, a douchebag and you could tell he was just doing it out of amusement. Uh like it was like as if now she was kind of bored, so he's like, "Okay, fine. You know, I'll humor the kid. I'll just do. I'll get the wood. I'll I'll cook food. I'll, I'll go hunt or whatever, you know, the kid ordered him to do. It. He was just do it. And I felt like it was pretty unhealthy it was a little bit toxic their relationship at first but then as time goes on or at least near the end of the movie anyway because you know it's only it's not like it's a series over the progression of the movie they begin to develop a closer relationship and at first it was more toxic but by the end it was um, more of a father-son type relationship, which was awesome. So I, I love the character progression and the character relationship between these two grow over time. And man, that that ending was so tragic because they built this relationship with each other. That ending just hit home like a, a freaking truck, man. I got I got hit in the face. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'll let you <laughs> just go watch the movie, please. Um, And the point where Nanashi finally draws his blade, it is on and popping, man. And it's just so dramatic because he doesn't want to draw, and he has his reasons and all that. So the thing that finally tips him over the edge to finally draw the blade, it's kind of like when uh, Kinchin and Raroni Kinchin, not Summer X, but actual Raroni Kinchin, when he's forced to flip his blade around to the deadly side, you know by Tosa the manslayer is back. And that means something really like freaking something really drove him over the edge to want to kill somebody. Because when you draw your blade, that means you're going to kill somebody. Someone's going to die. Um, and, you know, he took a vow in Baroni Kinchin not to kill ever again. When Nanashi, when he's finally driven to that point of drawing his blade, it had a pure just anger and and just like you see the emotion that overtakes him to, you know, get to this point. Is one? It is the most epic scene. It, of course, that leads to the final showdown between him and um, you know the Chinese master. But um, it's just one of the most epic scenes in this movie. Um, so it, it was awesome, man. It, it really, really was. Uh, when it comes to artwork, you know, it's what do you expect from Studio Bones. They they, they, they just have. Um, impeccable every time they, they put out an anime, you know, think of Full Metal Alchemist or Darker Than Black or any other, other, you know, countless anime they have out there. Um, the the artwork is always just on point and this is a movie. So, you know, the protection value is going to be even higher than, you know, a series. So, you know, you have the heavy shading, you know, it's just very well animated character designs and all that. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some art buff. I know everything about animation and all that. It's just the animation quality is much higher than what you would see in the series because it's a movie, so it just feels darker and heavier and grittier. And, I mean, that's one of the things I really liked about this movie was the fact that it was so um, gritty because this was a very gritty, realistic, brutal samurai movie. So and you get that feeling the grittiness of the artwork high production um value you know high quality looking filled artwork you really get that feeling of high value but at the same time with the grittiness and it just really works uh, with the tone of this anime and I just it takes it to it's just this movie is just so good guys just every aspect of it and of course that music is epic man you got a lot of those um just Chinese um I, I can't. I should have done my research, but a lot of the Chinese instrumentation, you know, like uh, you, you had the Chinese drums going on, and the flute, and you know, you get uh, Jap- uh traditional Japanese uh, music in there as well. And it's just epic, man! Like when when you have two swordsmen staring down at each other from across a bridge, and all of a sudden. You know, like a, a fisher, uh, there's a fisherman, you know, below the bridge. He doesn't even know what's happening. And he casts his rod into the water or, you know, the line into the water. And the moment it hits, they they charge at each other, you know. And then all of a sudden the the, the drums, whether it's Chinese drums or Japanese drums, whatever, the drums just start up. Doom, 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 do, you know. And they start fighting. It's just, God, juice is talking about it. It's so freaking cool. Artwork was just on point the uh the music is just ah oh, so epic guys this was an awesome 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 movie um so yeah i i enjoyed it immensely. and i really uh i recommend it so i'm going to give sword of oh yeah sword of the stranger uh 8 out of 10 and it's just i enjoyed it a lot uh, especially the action aspects of it, uh, and and I give it like the way I, I play it up is like why didn't you give it a nine or ten? It's because you know nine and tens just they are also um, they're just they they just have a thing. I don't even know how to explain it, but you know a nine out of ten when you see one, uh, or a ten out of ten for sure. Um, and but still, this movie is just. It is awesome. Please check it out, guys. I highly enjoyed *The Sword of the Stranger*, and I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a realistic samurai movie, and there aren't that many out there, this is like the king. It's like, it is one of the top. Yeah, same level of samurais. If you enjoy samurais, you're going to enjoy *Sword of the Stranger*. And don't forget, Studio Bones is the one that created this, and you know with their lineup of anime. You know it's going to be good. So, yeah, this is Batman Live 2002. You follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And um, type in Wasasum, W-A-S-A-S-U-M. And you can find me on those platforms. You can also go to my website, com, where you can read this review amongst many others. So, yeah, guys, what a great movie this was. Highly recommend it. So, until next time, guys stay with awesome people stay with awesome